Hey, what's up? This is Matt and Tim and Jake, and this is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. You are listening to Minisode number 10. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's going on? What's good? Jake, how you doing? I'm good, man. I got my uh, I got my Bruins cup <laughs> with uh, this delicious. Uh, it's actually, you know, Matt. I don't know if you guys know this about Matt Griner, but he's a big coffee connoisseur, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I I just so happen to have his favorite coffee in this coffee mug. Would anyone like to guess? As to what kind of coffee's in this You're mug. You're talking to the perfect audience yes, for this. Yeah. And you and and just so you know if you're listening or watching this, Jake has no idea. No <laughs> idea the pretense that's established with me and coffee because yeah. those roots go deep on this mm-hmm. podcast, Jake. Really? Yeah, you just yeah. tore a band-aid off, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Do I need to leave? Should I should I get no, out of here? Good. You're good. Let me guess. You're drinking Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there is some deep wounds in this yeah, room about yeah. uh, madness coffee. That's amazing. That's a tricky subject. Um, well, we we that's we funny. don't have to go into that. It's a- <laughs> well, but we should. But I we mean, should. the best part of waking up, it really is. <sighs> it really is the best part of waking up. And Tim, the thing is, Jake, Tim knows a lot about coffee. We disagree on few things. Politically, we're not on the same wavelength <laughs> at times. Uh, spiritually, we're pretty similar. Yeah. But as far as coffee, this dude is so judgmental. I mean, it is, <laughs> it is next I, level. Like, I judge him hard for his Folgers. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so so what's, your, what's your go-to, Tim? Well, um, I, like, I like espresso. Um, so mm. typically, I'm... I'm Buying locally roasted beans or, or roasting them myself. Um, so I get wow. I got crazy about it. I was a barista for a little bit, and that, that kind of helped. And then I was addicted to Starbucks and, you know, yeah, <laughs> okay. the, the, long, the long road of trying to save money. <laughs> That's over here laughing. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous. I, I agree. Coming out of my mouth, I'm like, why am I saying this? Why am I admitting to any of this? But uh, We yeah. should probably segue right into heart support, Jake. I think you guys do a really good job of dealing with addiction. Yeah, we might have a coffee blog or two. I don't know. I got to look up in our archive. Well, so, I have uh, a sledge has to say. It, I, I'm a, you know, I work in marketing. One of my clients is um, an addiction recovery program. They're, they're a global addiction recovery and um, the C, I get on the phone with the CEO pretty regularly and he's like, you know, you should really attend one of our retreats. Um, you know, <laughs> he sees how much coffee I consume and, you know, we t- I mean, he's a coffee addict as well. So like we talk about it, like it's, you know, like yeah. we're nerds. Okay. But, yeah. So here's the deal. So since, the, <laughs> since the lid's been blown off of this, I'll just go into a story and then we'll get right out of coffee. But the reason that I, I can't do the really good coffee that Tim's talking about is because years ago I was uh, head of her heels for a girl and her dad was like Tim. And he knew a lot about what he was doing with, I mean, everything with coffee. And uh, so I'd go over to their house. We'd have dates at their house uh, because we were pretty young and we were doing this thing called courtship. And so he would actually be roasting beans in his oven and he would be giving me cups of coffee. Well, I was like 17. 16 or 17. Yeah. I hadn't really been drinking coffee for, for very long, if at all. 
And so I would have a cup of coffee. And of course, I'm incredibly nervous to be on this date anyway. And so I'm drinking this coffee, which I have no idea what the effects of caffeine are going to have on me. So I'm putting, you know, a couple couple sips in and I'm just completely wired sitting on the couch trying to figure out the right things to say to impress her dad, naturally. And how, and how and, not to like shit yourself, right? <laughs> so, exactly. actually, I'm like, hey, where's your bathroom? And at that <laughs> time, I was really nervous to, do you know how it's like kind of nerve wracking to like have the peace stream, the audible peace stream? Yeah, um, yeah. When you're around fun. people that you don't really know, it's like, yeah. oh man. So the bathroom, of course, was right next to where we were on our courtship date. Hmm. That's kind of in anyway. Um, so I'd go to the bathroom and I'd like try to not make a big deal of it. Come back out and what do you know? Like twenty minutes later, I have to go again. So like I had this horrible experience of drinking this really expensive coffee that made me feel like I was high. And every yeah. time I go there, I was like, I have to have the coffee because her dad loves it. Like <laughs> if I have any chance, I have to. I have to like suck it up and just deal with this to my own demise, to the relationship's demise. Of course, it didn't work out. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think she's around anymore, right? So uh, No, no, she's, no. And so, of course, there were reasons for it, um, but I like to chalk it up to the coffee. Yeah. yeah. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Was it some of the best coffee you've ever drank? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, putting coffee behind us. Jake, thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, uh, We had a lot of fun with you last time. I know uh, quite a few people responded and said they liked what you had to say, uh, mm -hmm. which was no surprise because I've always liked what you had to say, what you have to say about all things but um, namely about God, about faith, about life experience. You're a really deep thinker, and mm -hmm. you're a critical thinker, and you're a credible person because you, you call things out when they're not true, and you really stand by something when it is. And uh, even, it's funny, even within the last two weeks, what is it, the last week even, um, I've, I've had to, I've, had to ha I've, I've needed some help. And um, so you were the second person I called and, and that's off the podcast recording, off the radar. No one's watching. I really actually need it. So there's, I'm not trying to blow smoke here. It is actually the case. So thank, mm -hmm. thanks again for joining us again. It's awesome to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate both you guys. And I had a, I had a blast uh, last time. I thought <laughs> it was just like really good. I was like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And I feel like everybody took something away from it. So I was like, we should you know we should go round two so yeah i'm i'm pumped uh i i, I love you guys so i'm always yeah. excited about it well matt and i were talking afterwards it was one of those conversations where like you know we we went back and recorded the intro outro to the episode like a week or two later and and uh it was one of those conversations that i was still thinking about a week mm -hmm. or two later you know there were still elements of it that stuck with me that i was chewing on and um that's special, you know. It's it's not um, that's not your everyday conversation. So it's cool that we can all be miles apart, you know, talking to each other through a screen and still have uh, a spiritual, valuable conversation. It's it's cool to see, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. agreed. So a lot of your life right now is lived 
uh, much the same as ours behind a computer screen. You, I see you have a nice mic and everything. And um, I was just wondering, <laughs> it, it, is it is it a draining experience for you to be so engaged virtually? Not only are you doing first reaction videos, you've now extended it to your motorcycle. You have a screen in front of you when you're riding. Is this something that you really enjoy for yourself? It gives you life? Or is it more so like, I want to produce content because it makes other people happy. And this is kind of a fun way during this quarantine time. Right. That's a good question. I actually, um, I'm actually really enjoying it. Like, (laughs) that's awesome. It's been fun for me because I like, I have that artistic mind and it's like, I want to use it. So this is art to me. Like I get to, you know, when I'm doing the editing as much as I just (laughs) me and editing just don't seem to become friends, but it's like one of those relationships that's like, Listen, you're gonna learn to love me, dude. Whether you like it or not, like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna work, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's but that's art for me. I get to I get to like edit the things and say what I want, and you know, when it's finished, it's important. Like like I take a lot of time with these videos, and they're it's not like shooting them is very chaotic or right. um, a lot of work. It's just. How do you want things to look? How clean, professional, like, you know, um, effects, transitions, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I really like it. And I think it's good for me because it keeps me busy. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to serve my fans. Mm-hmm. And then it also gives me an opportunity to serve my peers. So, you know, bands, you know, that we've been on tour with, it's like they're coming out with a new song. I get to support yeah. my friends. Like I That's love cool. that. Right. Yeah. So the motor the moto vlog is really <laughs> it's a great exciting. Name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- it's like a thing. Moto vlogs are like. Oh, um, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's like a a thing on YouTube, and you should have just taken uh, you know taken credit for it because I I would have never <laughs> known. <laughs> yeah. Well, I call I call the moto vlog um, rock and ride. Instead of rock and roll, rock and I like ride. That. I like that. Uh, because, you know, I really want to incorporate music and my motorcycle. So it's cool because it gives me an excuse to get on my bike, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, ah, I get to go ride my bike because I have to go do this this work, you know, or whatever. Um, it's cool, man. And and it's just a cool way to engage people and um, and for me to express myself, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you've been able to to marry together in a way your hobbies and and the tech world. Like I I know that you're you're obviously techy enough to handle Instagram stuff, but video is just it's a whole other world, man. It's yeah. it's like that's a whole like you just need boxes of hard drives to handle the amount of of space that a video takes up. It's like uh-huh. like yeah. like for example, we recorded a video yesterday for. For Revolver uh, as a band. Jake, actually, you were on a hard support call. I think you couldn't make it, but the four of us band members were on there, and it was like a 45-minute call, and we were just talking before this uh, this episode about how like some of the other guys were like, dude, I cannot get this video to send. It's too big. <laughs> it's like, that that is the content of so many text messages right now in the in the world, actually. Like, how do I get this file to you? It's yep. too big. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it, it is it's a it's another it's another world but i understand that 
that other world has a lot of opportunity and like I want to be a part of that and I want to be able to expand my brand or who I am and you know what else is cool is every time I post a uh, um, you know video content on my YouTube channel I mean it I'm promoting August Burns Red too you know so it's like it it just seems like right now that's a great tool in the moment with everything going on for me to use and like spend my time doing something that's you know of value yeah. you know it's like an investment and i'd rather be doing that than playing video games all day and like being bored or you know um plus it gives me a little space for winston <laughs> so talk about winston for those that don't know is he around uh yeah he is he's he's napping on the futon okay um winston's my son uh who's a dog <laughs> and his name's uh, Winston Finnegan Lors the Third. He's a French bulldog. He's he is the cutest, most adorable, and most wise uh, animal I've ever met in my life. So uh, I spoil him quite a bit. But he's a lover. He's a big lover, and he loves to just be next to me, on me, beside me, all the time. And. Uh, I tell you, after a little while, you just need a little space, yeah. you know, just a little, just a little bit of space. So when I'm working, essentially, he'll like go up to the futon and he'll nap, okay. you know, and then when I'm done working on, you know, we'll go play outside and throw the frisbee or go on a walk. Okay. Every time I say that word, he's like, he like <laughs> runs to the door. So he must be actually asleep. But anyways, yeah. So he keeps me company during this, during this time. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Matt, are you a dog person? Did um, you grow up with one? I grew up with one, but I wouldn't characterize it as being a <laughs> pet at the time. It was it's it's weird, man. Like gro- it was a security system. It was it was definitely a security system. Okay. 100% a security system. And I I won't go too much into it, but when you're when when things are normal to you as a kid, you project that onto everybody else. It's like, oh, everybody has a dog. That mm. sole in, uh, purpose is to protect the farm and the property. Mm. But that's all it was for me, and I thought it was normal until I grew up and realized, wait a second, not everyone has a dog that serves that purpose exclusively. Yeah. In fact, most people love their dogs, and the dogs <laughs> love the human beings. Yeah, That's kind of the point. Um, so my, my view of dogs has definitely changed. I really like... Um, other people's dogs and if if um if there's a dog in my house it makes me really happy i've just i i think i need to work on the whole idea of having to pet because i'm not really i don't really know it might sound kind of weird but i don't really know how it works because i i just didn't have a pet experience as a kid right right you know yeah well you must have some sense or idea because i remember asking you during christmas to watch winston for like a day and he's still alive winston is a human being. I mean that 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 dog, like you said, the the amount of intelligence. I might as well let him drive your truck. I was I was driving down the road and he's telling me where to go. It's like, how do I get to Harrisburg Airport again to pick up Jake? Yeah, just turn left. Okay, thanks, Winston. You know. Yeah. yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. That's right. And you can you can follow Winston, right? I think you told me 
what last weekend you told me he had a oh yeah <laughs> he had a yeah Instagram. he's got an Instagram he's I think he's up to like two and a half thousand or three thousand oh, followers God. right now it's, it's more pretty than me. insane <laughs> yeah it's uh, popular what's his dog. Name? I think it's Winston's, Winston's World Winston's World yeah that's what yeah it says. Winston's World. World. Follow Winston's world. We'll, um, we'll post a little tag with this so you can see. If yeah. if if you're having a rough day, you need yeah. you just need to just just scroll for a couple. Turn off the media and just scroll Winston's yeah. world. There you go. I I took him on a motorcycle ride the other day. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, I have this harness. Okay. That's like made for dogs, hmm. and you strap it, and the harness sits in the front. And so his his arms are out, and then his head's out, you know? And it's strapped to me, and then I get on my, my motorcycle, and I rode around the neighborhood with him <laughs> on my on my motorcycle, wow. on my R6. Uh, and he loved it. Is there it. video footage? He loved it. Go to Winston's okay. World, and you can now see. Now you really need to. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we all need to. Yeah, Maybe sure. that's how we'll set this mm-hmm. mini-suit up. Like, we had Jake back. The episode was all right, but check this out. This, yeah. this is yeah. <laughs> next minisode with Winston. We'll just be talking to him, yeah. and he'll just be sitting there eating a steak. You know, like yeah. yeah. Or actually, yeah. this is something that's invaluable to know about Winston. I went over to Jake's house last. It would have been last week sometime. And I pull up and I look at I look at Jake's driveway, and there's Winston, <laughs> and he's just. The top half of him looks normal, and the bottom half looks camouflaged. I'm like, what's different about Winston? Oh, yeah. Wait a second. He's just covered in green grass stains. <laughs> and so I walked up to Jake. I'm like, what? what's going on with Winston? Did he, like, run through freshly? Co- oh, yeah, that's right. He loves to run next to your mower as you're mowing mm. and just, like, get into the, the you know, grass that's being discharged as you're actively mowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in the the deck, you know, it's rubber, you know, or like a, it's like a rubber or like a plastic mm. or something, and he likes Chew to bite it. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he likes to grab it, you know, and like all the grass is shooting out, <laughs> so it's like just yeah, hitting yeah. his face, and you know what I mean. Um, and obviously, I pick up my sticks, and there's nothing, there's no rocks or anything in my backyard, so I'm not worried about him getting popped in the yeah, face, right. but. He's a he's a tough guy, man. The neighbors, their dogs. There's a German Shepherd, a pit bull. Hmm. Uh, Winston's sister's a pit bull. He's he's the little guy, but he's a he's a tough little son of a gun. Yeah, he thinks he's a big bruiser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll go knuckles with you, man. He'll go knuckles with you. Okay, so yeah, I want to talk about. Um, Last week we had a conversation uh, as we were talking about. It kind of segued into something, Jake, that you were talking about that. Um, maybe it's been on your heart for a while. I don't know, but it's definitely something that you've been thinking about. And I think that we can have a conversation about that will not only benefit us, but benefit people that are watching this. So, uh, the topic is control, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about control. Uh, I want, I want you to talk about your perspective and then, um, I want to hear what Tim has to say. We can just sort of toss around the idea. It's, it's obviously something that we all can relate to. It is a good feeling to know that when everything feels like it's spinning out of control, especially in the current state of the world, that you can control something or anything. Mm. So mm-hmm. what is your perspective on control? What have you been learning about it? Uh, well, <clears throat> what I've been learning about it is that I, myself, am a massive control freak. Um, I've never 
I never really saw myself that way. But the way that I operate from is like always from a place of trying to gain control. And mm-hmm. so like I'll share this quick this story with you guys. Like the other day, maybe about a week <clears throat> a week ago, I was sitting in my porch and I'm just uh praying and talking to God and I was ended up writing out all my fears and so I started bringing all these fears to, to God. And like, I mean, there were so many, fe- I had like three pages of fears, like, mm-hmm. you know, death, disease, cancer, uh, being alone, being abandoned, um, you know, being poor, whatever, anything that came to my mind, I would list out. And I was talking to God and, and God kept saying like, through all of this, like, well, um, you know, those are, those are your fears, but I can, you know, I can take those. And, um, and I love you. Um, and I'm not going to hide from you. And, um, to submit those fears to me because there are fears, but you have faith. So that, that's kind of where we're kind of stuck. Hmm. It looks like a lot of times in society we're we're stricken with fear. We're, you know, the first initial thing that happens is, if we're not excited or happy, we're fearful. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, what What really should happen isn't that fear comes first and then we go to our faith because of fear, right? Because sometimes fear can lead us to our faith. If we're scared of something or if, or if maybe we got bad news or, you know, something's coming up and we really, oh, we're, we're scared, we're going to go to our faith, right? Mm-hmm. But, but um, with God, it's like, well, why doesn't our faith come first and then therefore there won't ever be fear? Mm-hmm. You know, like if we're such strong in our faith, why is it that we let the fear um, consume us mm-hmm. or, you know, become an issue right. when we could make that choice? Like, hold on a second. I've got God. I've got, you know, like I don't need to fear this, mm-hmm. you know, and immediately choose our faith. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of just having this conversation with God, right? And and I'm, and then I get this vision, this really cool vision in my mind. After writing all this stuff out, I'm like about I'm like nine pages deep right now with God, right? Just <laughs> journaling everything, yeah. and you know, questions are coming to my mind, so I write them down, and then I try to answer them, you know. And and then this vision comes up, and it's no man's land, which is. Um, if you're not familiar with No Man's Land, it's an area at a battlefield mm-hmm. that men do not cross because mm-hmm. they know that there's no cover, there's nowhere to hide, there's nowhere to you know dig in, and you're going to get shot and you're going to die. So no one goes there. It's No Man's Land. And so in this vision, I see No Man's Land, and I see on the left side a cavalry, okay, a cavalry of just evil and darkness, soldiers with no faces, um, lust, you know, greed, envy, just death, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of them, They're, like a cavalry. I mean, there's there's thousands, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's me as like this, what I look to be, this little innocent boy, right? <laughs> and then on the other side is Jesus, and 
when I'm looking at this vision, you know, and God's saying, I love you and you have a choice to make and I've made mine and mine is that um, I'm going to serve you as my son and I'm not going to hide from you. Right. So that's in my mind. And I'm going, oh, this is so easy. I get it. Right. There's Jesus and then there's evil and then me in the middle and I have to pick. Mm -hmm. Right. Or or what's going to happen to little poor Jake? Is Jesus going to save him or is he going to get consumed by the evil cavalry? Right. Mm -hmm. So like I'm kind of like looking at this angle. And then another thought comes in my mind and it was. Um the memory of me sitting down with my therapist months ago. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, Jake, he goes with all of the things that you've explained to me, your parents divorced, you know, your family member being addicted to heroin, you know, um, you know, all the things that you've done, you know, Mm -hmm. um, all the things that have gone in your life. He goes, you know, if, if I could stamp you with one word, it would be control. Hmm. You, always want control and that memory came into my mind and then all of a sudden when i was looking at this vision of two massive armies and then me in the middle Mm -hmm. right i then realized that that's not the case that there aren't two armies there's three armies Hmm. there's jesus his army there's evil his army that army and then there's me my army and I want to control both of them. Mm. I want to control Jesus in my life, and I want to control the evil and the sin and the negative in my life, you know, and the fears. And I'm constantly trying to grasp control of these things in my life because it's my my army. Mm. Uh-huh. I want to win, you know. I want to have the the control. And mm. so... That was really, uh, really kind of something unique for me to come to realization, mm-hmm. you know, that like there's not two armies in this poor little Jake. Mm. Like, you know, he's a little boy, but he's not a little boy, <laughs> you know, and, and his intentions are not necessarily great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to be a conqueror. And and so obviously I've been spending a lot of time with God talking about control, what does it look like and how to give up my control to him and submit that to, to God. And, uh, and then I started to realize that I'm a leader in a lot of facets in my life. Um, I'm the front man of August Burns Red. I'm, you know, um, I've got my own brand. I, I'm the president and founder of Heart Support, and I lead a team there. Um, I lead a team with More Weight Fitness, um, and I'm also a part owner of an airsoft company. Hmm. And so there's a lot of leadership roles that I take, mm-hmm. and I realize that I need to not be the leader of my, my faith, mm-hmm. of my life. I need to let Jesus be in the leadership position and me be what I'm supposed to be, which is a follower of Christ, right? Uh-huh. And so, like, for me, it's just breaking those things down, seeing where 
I'm trying to a control or lead and in, in, in submitting those, those roles to God and then take a seat back or excuse me, a back seat and see how to follow Jesus in these, in these areas of my life. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? You know, um, I want to share some scripture with you real quick mm-hmm. and then I promise I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny enough, when I'm going through this whole control thing in my mind, I'm like the next morning, I'm like, I'm going to pick up the Bible. So I pick up the Bible and in Matthew six, it's like, I don't know, 10 to 13. It's, you know, it's a prayer that Jesus asks us to pray. And I'm sure that the Christian, common Christian might know this. And if not, that's okay. Uh, but I'm going to read it for you. It's our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one. So Hmm. I'm reading this prayer and this is a prayer that Jesus says, Hey man, you guys, I want you to pray like this. Mm -hmm. Right. And what's funny and offensive to me is that my name or my position or what I'm supposed to do is nowhere in this prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's what I think a lot of Christians or I'll speak for myself as a Christian, sometimes I'm looking for my purpose. I'm looking for, you know, in my relationship with Jesus, what am I supposed to be doing? How do I help? What's, you know, where do I, what do I do, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, see, it's not about you. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's not about your power or your authority or your control. Mm -hmm. It's about God's power, God's authority, and God's control. Listen to this. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not my will. It's certainly not my kingdom, mm-hmm. right? Um, the first thing is may your name be kept holy. We're not talking about Jake's name. We're talking about God's name, right? This is a prayer that I'm supposed to be praying. Give us today the food that we need. This is an ask, right, of God. Mm-hmm. Asking for just what we need. That'll mess you mm-hmm. up. If you, if you, If you sit on... Give me the food that I need. And then you look around mm-hmm. at all of the other things that God's given us and blessed us with. That'll mess you up right there. Yeah. Um, forgive us our sins. Now I'm asking for forgiveness. Not only am I asking God for something, but I'm also now asking for forgiveness. Um, and let us, and don't let us yield to temptation. So now, even when I'm tempted with sin, or my fleshly desires, it's not even in my control or power to stop hmm. necessarily, right? Like I need God to come and help me, hmm. change me from my my ways, my evil ways, right? Right. Um, but rescue us from the evil one. Now I'm asking God to rescue me. This is a place of total 100% submission. There is not anywhere in this prayer where we're talking about what I need to give or do or where my place is in power, authority, control. It's 100% submitting yourself to the Lord and asking for His power and authority into your life Mm. and so that He provides 
the food we need, protects from the evil one, rescues. I mean, listen to the to the words here. Like mm-hmm. yeah. and and you know, that left me with one thing going, well, where's my part? Cause I want to do godly stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to do godly things, not good things, but godly things, and there is a big difference. If you want to do godly things, what we are supposed to do is submit our authority and our control and our power and submit that to God and then let God's power and authority live in our lives. Mm-hmm. And what is that going to do? It's going to breathe godly actions. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, like we do godly things when God does godly things within us, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, when we submit ourselves. And like that's kind of there's a big control thing because it's like who really wants to do that? Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. I can be completely honest, Mm -hmm. who really wants to say, hey, man, okay, I'm going to submit all my authority, power and control to you, Lord, and I'm going to wait for your call and I'm just going to. I'm just going to ask that you provide, ask that you, you fight for me, ask for, you know, um, that you forgive me. I mean, it's just the, the vulnerability and the humility that's in this prayer Mm -hmm. is just another level. And, um, but the, but the fruit of it is understanding the power and authority that, that Jesus has. And there's so much to be grateful for. That led me to the next thing was list of all the answers to my prayers. I spent an hour just listing all these answers to my prayers that God, God showed up. God, God answered these prayers for me. And it's all because he, he loves me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's asking us to continue to break the boundaries of our control into an unconditional form of love where we submit to him. Hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of that's a hard thing to do, so that's that's what I'm dealing with mm-hmm. when I'm talking about control. Um, okay, so I think what I'm hearing is this idea of trust. I trust you, Jake. I trust you, Tim, because I know you. Because I know you, I can trust you. If I didn't know you, I couldn't trust you. If I didn't trust you. I would not give you the control that I give you to, like you said last time, Jake, speak into my life. If you don't trust someone, you would never in a million years relinquish control to them. But if you know them and therefore trust them, if you trust them, then you can therefore relinquish control of your life to them. And like you said, this is, it's almost an impossibility. It feels like almost an impossibility to do. When, when it really hits the fan in your life, is the first thing you're doing, uh, taking your, you know, your your white knuckles and just turning them over in this, you know, sort of metaphorical act of surrender. Um, what when when you were talking about that, which was awesome to to hear. Uh, we did a connect group last week, and my teaching pastor said something that really stuck with me. He said that um, there was a question posed to him. He's, and the question was, basically, why is it so hard for evangelical Christians to deal with this COVID-19 thing right now? And the teacher pastor said, what do you mean? He said, well, everyone acts like we just need to sort of like push through it, get through it, pray through it. 
jump to the next thing? And my teaching pastor said, well, actually, it's a great question because the liturgical church has an answer for this. The liturgical church has space for pain and suffering. They expect it. They know it's going to come. It's a part of life. The evangelical church hasn't been given the tools to handle, you know, um, this kind of situation. And when it comes, their first reaction, to your point, Jake, is to say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fight against this. I'm gonna I'm I'm going to take control of this negative situation and sort of grit my teeth and I'll get through it. And yeah, I'll pray. Yeah, I'll." Mm seek God in it too, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fight back against this because the expectation is that pain and suffering are not a part of the plan. They are not a part of the plan. And, and the liturgical church, I, I believe has it right. My teaching pastor believes he has it right. I believe after thinking about it, they have it right in saying, hold on, this is part of the equation. It's, it's a terrible thing that's going on right now. Of course it's terrible. People are dying. People are sick. People are without work. But the liturgical church has, has the knowledge to know there's nothing they can do, to your point, to control the situation because as it turns out, we live in a fallen world. If you believe what the Bible says, there's pain, sickness, and disease. And we have to believe that when we face situations like this, that we can... Because we know God, we can trust him. Because we trust God, we can relinquish control to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just thinking, so to, to Jake's point again, like whether or not you identify as a control freak or not, there is this um, innate uh, need to have control. Just it's instinctive. It's human. Um, and we see that a lot in the approach um, of faith. You know, we see people feel the need that they have to earn their faith, that they have to be as good as possible to deserve to to live for eternity in heaven. You know, that's for whatever reason, no matter how how, how often you're taught the opposite of that, <laughs> it, you always go back to like, I need to try. I need to, you know, I need to, oh, yeah. I need to try. And, and there's this amazing picture that, um, I don't remember when I first heard it, but it's just such a good picture. So you take the worst person you can think of. Let's just, for example, take Hitler. Hitler's here. Here's the line. Uh, and we'll take Jesus as perfection. Jesus is here. And mm-hmm. you ask, well, where would Mother Teresa fall on this list? Mother Teresa is right over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitler's here. Mother Teresa is right here. For those of you that can't see me, <laughs> Mother Teresa <laughs> like, is very, is very close to Hitler. <laughs> uh, Mother Te- Teresa is nowhere near Jesus. And it's like, all right, well, where, where do I fall on that, on that uh, scale there? Um, and the point is, none of us can earn uh, perfection. None of us can be perfect. It's not possible. We are sinful. We're sinful humans. And uh, we have this need for control, which is why it's so hard to give up that control. But like Matt said, um, you know, the reason why this is all about relationship is because the more you know Christ, the better you know him, the more uh, reasons you have to trust him. And the more you trust him, the easier it is to give up that control and let 
what happens happens. Well, let's what, let what happens happen because we know that he's in control. <laughs> and that should give you that, that sense of peace. You know, it's, it's all about what he's doing. It's not about what you're doing. That's why that prayer is so powerful um, because it's about what he is doing on earth. It's about what he is going to do. It's about asking him to do something. It's not about relying on ourselves to, to get things done. Mm. We're, we're tools uh, in his hands. And if we just stop fighting back, that's when we're actually going to be useful. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that, that faith is a, that's a, <clears throat> that's a hard faith to have, you know, when things get tough and um, because it, it doesn't, we can't, we can't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't comprehend everything that's going on. Like, we don't even ever think about the fact that maybe something could have happened and God changed that. Mm. Yep. And we just never knew, we never saw it because it didn't it didn't become right. reality, right? Right. Like, we don't think about all those things. Um, and it's really even hard for us to go, oh, well, you know, the world's suffering and, like, where's God in all this, right? Yeah. Like, it's super easy to not have faith. It's super easy. And especially because we're, we're human, we have fleshly desires, we, you know, our brains are just, you know, they're like this mm-hmm. compared to God's, you know, wisdom and knowledge. Uh, so I understand for people, for listeners, when they hear Tim say something like that and they go, well, that's like, how are you supposed to do that? You yeah. Know? And like, that's, that's where faith really comes alive. Uh, and that's where, that's why I like to, to journal these mm-hmm. things, like journaling all of these answers to prayer even though they didn't happen to me when I wanted them to happen, or maybe it took years, like I really wanted a home for like my whole life. I've wanted to have a home, you know, and now I have this beautiful, very peaceful, quiet house, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with my dog and uh, my girlfriend lives in Finland. So she's not here right now, but you know, the plan is for her to come visit and, um, you know, it didn't happen. It took years for me to get this mm-hmm. home and to have that peace in my heart. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. all these things. And like, you know, um, several years ago, I wouldn't have been able to think mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna like, that's God's actually going to answer that. Right. Because things were like, things were so yeah. scary and yeah. dark and hard. So like, you know, but to have that faith, this is what I like to do. I like to try and go, you know, it's really hard right now. To have that faith, but I'm going to go ahead and honor God with this, and I'm going to try to do what I believe He's telling me to mm-hmm. do. But if I mess it up, at least I honored God in the moment of my mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. or the moment of my struggle, or the moment of my doubt in Him. You know, mm-hmm. um, at least giving it a shot. You, you just mentioned yeah. peace, and that's that's pretty cool, actually, because. For me personally, exactly. because I was writing about peace this last week, I know it's something I need. Some someone brought to my attention that I need more peace in my life, and it was someone that's very close to me. And um, so I believe what they're saying. I was thinking, how do I find peace when when a lot of things seem like they're just like tsunamis hitting me in the face <laughs> that I can't stop out that you know obviously out of my control. Um. I. As I was thinking about it, you know, Jesus on the eve of when he went to the cross, he was he was in a troubled. I mean, he was messed up and he he had every right in the world to 
walk away from what he was about to do. He knew the extent of the pain that he was about to go through. <laughs> and he's there yeah. struggling with it, which I, I love that he struggled with it, man, because it just tells us that um, we have a friend who actually understands this idea of feeling unrest and pain and anguish and them still putting their head down and facing it. He could have taken control of that situation according to what he wanted and walked away. And yet, this is what I want to say in finding peace. Instead, he said, thy will be done. For me, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that will be done. Doesn't mean that I don't pray for what I want. Doesn't mean I don't pray against what I don't want. (laughs) I do that all the time. Um, That's what God wants from us. He heard Jesus. He didn't he, like he didn't, you know, shun him for praying, God, please, is there any way I don't have to do this? I mean, it was his son and he's hearing him out. And you can imagine and you can imagine the anguish that he has. You can imagine the empathy that he has. But in the end, a prayer, a good prayer, like the one you were talking about, Jake, a good way to approach God is to pray your heart. He knows it anyway. And ultimately, position your heart in a way where you say, thy will be done in all of this. And I think that's where I will find peace. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just uh, wondering, because peace has been a consistent uh, keyword Theme. that's popped up throughout this entire conversation. And, and it makes me wonder if, if is peace the... Uh, the contrast to control you know if, if if the idea is to give up control and, and have peace you know is that <laughs> is that it's, it's obviously not as simple as that but is is that the is that the progression mm-hmm. is it to yeah. get is you it want to control have peace? or peace which one mm-hmm. yeah exactly right. and that's uh that's pretty powerful because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people who want both. <laughs> I want both. <laughs> uh, it makes me think of it's uh, Philippians Philippians four uh, seven, which just talks about the peace that surpasses understanding. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, Matt hit it on the head. It's it's saying those words. It's Thy will be done. You know. It's it's. Uh, uh, you know the the Bible all throughout the Bible um, talks about sacrifice, and I'm, I'm not specifically referring to like blood sacrifices or like animal sacrifices or anything, but it talks about sacrifice. And I think that um, there's a lot of things that are misunderstood in the Bible, and and it's hard to believe sometimes that doing a certain thing is actually beneficial to us. Hmm. God's not just asking because it's some religious hmm. act. Right. You know, a lot of times it's beneficial to us. And sacrifice, I think, is one of those things where, you know, I mean, he says, give me your burdens. You know, and and we're seeing sacrifices. I have to remove something. I have to get rid of something. I have to give something away. But really, I mean, how freeing is it? Like, I was just, my wife and I were just um, purging our house. <laughs> This past week, um, there's uh, so you're you know, killing homeless... everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the movie, the right? actual, okay. the actual purge. purge. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> there's a you know there, there's a there's a family that was that that needed some stuff. So we're like, all right, well, we have plenty of stuff we can we can get rid of. Let's just 
fill up a box with everything that we don't need. So we were just going around purging and, um, it, uh, you know, we were giving this stuff away and it was actually freeing. It was, I was experiencing peace because of this sacrifice, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. I was getting rid of stuff, you know? Um, now was it emotional, spiritual burdens? Not so much. It was physical items, but you know, at the same time, I think that there's a lot of that, that that's connected, you know, when you get rid of stuff, Mm -hmm. you feel freer. Absolutely. There's this whole minimalist movement. People are, you know, tiny houses, working less tiny houses. Exactly. (laughs) We've talked about this on the podcast before, (laughs) you know, whether it's for you or not, it's, you know, it's neither here nor there, but the idea is that like, you don't need stuff. Um, and that works from the physical standpoint, and I think it also works from the spiritual standpoint. The more control you have over the stuff, uh, the more responsibility you have, and the less peace you have. Mm-hmm. I can say that just as a as a, an account manager. Like mm-hmm. the more control I have over situations, the more responsibility I have to manage and handle those situations properly. That's right. Um, That's so and and so therefore less peace, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Man, you're making me want to clean this freaking room up right now. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm looking around here. I'm like, yeah, I don't need that. That's stupid. I don't need that. You know what I mean? That's a great. Like, that's a great. That's a great point. Uh, just keep the ABR stuff on the wall. That stuff's pretty cool. I mean, you don't, you don't have to get rid of that, man. Keep the constellations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's true. That's very true. And you know, I think I think. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny how you can get attached to things. Like, I try to do the same thing. You know, I'm like, I, I'm gonna throw a bunch of stuff out because I got it's you know too much stuff. And then I walk around I'm like, oh wait, no, I got that. I'm like, you know, back then, like, or like, oh yeah, like this Christmas card my grandma yeah, gave exactly. me. And like, I don't yeah. know how many more years she's gonna live. Yeah. I'm like, do I want yeah. no, I should keep I this. Know. I should keep this. And and yeah. and you know. You're right. I don't need any of this. I really don't. And it probably would make me freer. But uh, I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal with you. I'll start tossing stuff out as long as my girlfriend didn't give it to me. Because <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I did do a uh, round of clothing. Um, and I accidentally took a photograph oh, of a man. bag of clothing that I had already deposited to the, you know, the Goodwill spot. Mm-hmm. And it had a, a Bruins beanie that mm. she had given me for like yeah, a birthday yeah. present. Mm. And uh, she said, wait, wait, that beanie, I, I gave that to you for your birthday. Take it back. Take it back. And I was like, oh, baby, like I already like deposited everything, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then a month or two later, I'm like, oh, man, that, like that Bruins hat was like super sweet. She's oh, like, no. well. I won't be getting that for you because I understand that when I get you gifts, you just throw them away. And I was oh like, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, has, she has a point. Yana, yeah. you have a point. Yeah. And yeah, it was brutal. So I, I, I don't want to offend her ever again. So I'm not going to throw any of her stuff out, but I will 100%. I think that's a good idea. And I, I think maybe if we could try to look at our control that way in some of the things in our mm-hmm. areas of our lives, like, Hey man, like you trying to have so much control um, a, we now understand that we need to give that control and authority to God to to do what God wants to do in, in our lives. But um, the more you let go, the more peace that you're going to get. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to really actually thoroughly enjoy living 
rather than fighting tooth and nail to, you know, hold on to something that you you weren't supposed to hold on. That's 100 percent true. That's 100 percent true. So I think if you're listening to this and you're not sure where to start, maybe you could care less about the spiritual implications of control. I honestly, I don't blame you. It doesn't sound very attractive to think, oh, I'm just going to give up control over a situation when it turns against me. But just just take take a step and say, well, I'm going to actually get rid of some some physical things in my life and see if it works. Mm -hmm. See if you find a little bit of peace, some room to breathe. And if it does, then maybe you'll be willing to say, well, maybe I need to give up this idea that I can control everything in my life, too, because a lot of times things are, you know, things parallel each other. If something works in a physical sense, it might also work yeah. in other senses as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. Thank you, Jake, for bringing that to the table. Um, yeah, Tim, do we great. have a couple questions for Jake before we wrap this up? Yeah, let's do some questions. Right, cool. Sounds good. All right. So um, for those of you that don't know, we have a, uh, a Patreon uh, where we we have some uh, some supporters, uh, an amazing thriving community group, and um, so we asked them to uh, to throw out some questions for Jake. Uh, so we're gonna head into that now. I've got uh, I've got some good ones here. Um, so uh, on the topic of uh, rock and ride, uh, this one's from from Cody Hartman, uh, and uh, he asks, uh, "What got you into riding?" Uh- I was scared shitless of it. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you got the smallest <laughs> motorcycle ever made to start with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going through a season in my life where I really, uh, I felt like I wanted to live my life. I didn't want to just like work hard and die. Right. You know, mm-hmm. cause I'm, I'm a very performance based person. So I was like, I feel like God was like, Hey man, like once you try to really engage your yourself and see what like what's something you i've always wanted to do and i'm like ride a motorcycle but like a sports bike you know Mm -hmm. um because i remember playing with them when i was a little kid like playing with like a little toy sports bike you know yeah and so i went out and i had ridden a harley 883 at one point but i um i ended up wanting the sports bike and so i got a really small 300 cc sports bike and to learn on because I wanted to live I didn't want to die right so like <laughs> I was like cool let's try this first right like um and it was a it was just a really cool progression into getting now I have this Yamaha 2018 Yamaha R6 and that's a bike man like that thing I remember f- sitting on it for the first time and riding it and I was just like the speed and the the weightiness of the bike and the way that the bike grips the road i mean dude this thing is just a machine it's a beautiful bike it's it's gorgeous that's cool and i love it and i i i nicknamed the bike the holy ghost because no yeah because <laughs> he nicknamed it that um, after our pod okay yeah. right yeah. after so you, you jacked guys our <laughs> yeah posted your yeah um, I nicknamed it the Holy Ghost because, you know, that was the time where I can take in creation and the world and what God's created. And I don't have my phone on me. You know, I can't text anybody. I don't have anyone to talk to or engage me. And I just get to be with the Holy Spirit. You know, I guess. Yeah. And um, so I really have used it as therapy, a way to engage the Lord and uh, to face fears and say, you know what? I don't want... 
to be stricken with fear to the point that I don't live my life the way I want to live it. And I don't want to sit on my deathbed and look back and go, man, you, you just, you played it safe your entire life, you know, and you're never going to be able to do it again. You're never going to get that back. So I'm not willing to live my life that way. Hmm. And uh, so that's why I ride a motorcycle that could kill me at any moment. (laughs) That's a great answer. That's a a perfect answer. Um, All right. Next question is from Brendan Harris. He's wondering, uh, what got you into screaming as opposed to an instrument? Mm. And musically, what kinds of uh, ups and downs do you face behind the scenes that instrumentalists might not? Mm. Uh, What got me into screaming? My parents' divorce. Uh, good reason. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, there was a lot of angst in my in my childhood, man. I was a really, I was just an angry kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, I had a lot of confusion growing up and a lot of frustration because, you know, I guess I think from a very young, as a young kid, it's like you know you see your dad and your mom and they're arguing, and then they can't seem to like Pull be together. okay, right? Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah. what's wrong here? Like, why is what? Like, yeah. obvi- it's, it's obvious that there's a dysfunction. And like, yeah. And as a child, you don't understand what it is. Right. So obviously right. that grows as I get older, that confusion continues to kind of fester and build in me. So I'm just I'm just angry, confused. I'm I'm hurt that my my mom and my dad don't love one another. And that's just an old wound that was buried in me. And so when I listened to screaming for the first time, I was like, whoa, this is really, I connect with this. This is like passionate. This is, it's got meaning. It's got emotion. And uh, that's what really got me into screaming. And, and I've, you know, I used to play bass and I play a little acoustic guitar here and there, but um, I think it was very fitting for me to be a vocalist because I, myself needed to get things out yeah i needed to verbally get things out and so being the front man of a band was a place for me to do that and to find healing through action of verbally letting it out Mm -hmm. um some of the ups and downs is a lot of sleep drinking a lot of water Mm -hmm. um you know playing an hour and 20 minutes every single night sweating and screaming as hard as I can is very challenging for me. Um, if I don't get sleep, if I Mm -hmm. don't drink water, if I don't take care of myself. Right. So like, um, there's times where I just won't talk for almost the entire day, maybe like until like four or 5 PM in the afternoons. Um, sometimes I don't want to do sound check because my voice, I don't, I don't want to use my voice for sound check. I know that our sound engineer is one of the top sound engineers in the industry. I know he knows how to do my voice without me being there. So like, Mm, yeah, you know, those are some of the challenges, but, um, you know, I'm blessed, man. God like showed me how to scream. I don't even know what I'm doing. And, and, you know, um, just kind of helped me along the way to figure it out. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, all right, next question is from uh, Chelsea Liker, and she wants to know what uh, your favorite song is to perform live and which one you're proudest of. Hmm. I'm curious as to what this answer is. Is it a new song? Maybe it's a new song we haven't played yet that starts with B and ends with Lud Letter. <laughs> <laughs> starts with B and ends with Lud Letter. 
Wait, which song could that be? <laughs> oh my, that song was so challenging to scream, to record. It yeah. was brutal. Start, starts yeah, with J and ends with ache. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that song was brutal. That's going to be uh, a killer song live. I, I know that. I'm doing a playthrough. I'm doing a drum educational video of that next. That's going to be next month. Awesome. Because yeah, that, song's, be cool. that song has been uh, at the top, I think, for, for our fans. Yeah, I think it's number one. Is it? Is that the uh, is that the heavier one on the album? Yeah. I'm sorry. Tim, I should really can you this. I can you clarify as to what you mean by that question? Because <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the is that the real heavy one? Like yes. the heaviest one on the Not album? Not enough clarification. Yeah. Yes. I need. <laughs> okay. <All right>. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, that's probably what I'm looking forward to. I think my favorite song, the song that I'm most proud of, is Redemption from the album Messengers. Yeah. And it's just. It was just a huge moment in my life where I got mm. to, you know, share about my love for God and um, and the stories that came from that song with our fans, like the the stories they would share with me, the things that they um, would open up and tell me about, yeah. or the just the impact that that song had made not only on myself but so many others. Um, that's my all time, um, mm. and right now my favorite to perform. That's tough, man. I really love King of Sorrow. That song is relatively easy for me to to scream. Um, but it has a lot of different emotion in that song where I get to really it's almost like I get to like touch on all the things that I like to do as a vocalist right. in that one song. So it's a lot of fun for me to do. Um That's cool. Yeah. That would be my answer. Awesome. So um, I want to say too, <clears throat> thank you, Jake, for being on here. I it, admittedly I had to look up your Instagram because I wanted to um, make sure people know where to send you a message or contact you or follow you if, uh, yeah. if they're interested. Okay. Uh, at Jake Lures ABR. I wasn't sure if the ABR was in there or not, but follow uh, Jake on Instagram That's at right. Jake Lures ABR. And then um, I had to look up uh, Winston as well. Um, and I couldn't find him. So I think uh, you'll, you'll oh, okay, here it is. It's at Winston's World, but Winston's has a Z at the end instead of an S. So W-I-N-S-T-O-N-Z underscore world. If you're looking for a little bit of love and laugh, they're in your day. 2,800 followers. Mm. Let's see if we can get them to 3,000. That's insane. Yeah. Your dog has almost 3,000 followers. I know. It's Do you remember uh, that that pug that came out to Warp Tour one time? The the owner brought yes. him on the bus. Doug the pug. Yep. Doug the I pug. I think I think he might have passed away. Um Aww. I saw. Yeah. But that dog he was world famous. That dog was that dog had like a million followers at that time. I wonder what that does to a human when like everybody just wants to see their dog. They don't care about them. They're just like, Oh hi, I'm a human being. <laughs> They're like, awesome, where's your dog? It's like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, come right on. Here's the dog, but I'm a person yeah. who has needs. It's like, no, oh, dude, we don't care about you, dude. We want your dog. Oh, it's like, man. all right. I mean, it must be nice for their bank account, but other than that, it's, yeah, probably. Money doesn't bring happiness. Probably not great. 
yeah so okay well thanks yeah. a lot dude uh, we, we've, we've hey, taken you, enough man. of your time we appreciate you being on here again and it was a great episode yeah, yeah. great conversation it's it's going to um stick with us for a while here so thanks a lot appreciate yeah, it sure. awesome. i appreciate it thank you guys yeah. thanks a lot thanks man all right we'll talk see you soon peace peace <laughs> peace <laughs> 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 nice jake <laughs> jake's got it down